0: On today's show, we have Mike Pellucci, the editor of D Magazine Sports, here to talk about a feature about Clayton Kershaw. Could he come to the Rangers? And what are his expectations of the Texas Rangers in this 2023 season? All that more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a crippling addicted Texas Ranger Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at PricePatrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. You can follow my guest, Mike Pellucci at Mike Lakes Sports, and subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment any single thing below. Before. before we get into today's show, Clayton Kershaw talk, Clayton Kershaw do Texas talk, and more. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started now with all that mouthful done joining me today is mike blucci how are you doing today my friend i'm
1: good brother i feel very energized when i hear the open of the show it's just very hard hitting you know big beat gets me ready i'm fired up i was already fired up for baseball season but now i'm like extra fired up Bryce, here with yep. you let's chat Absolutely. Yeah. And no, they gave us
0: a few different options when we were starting off the show of like, all right, here's these different little music sounds, whatever. I'm like, I don't know. This one feels the most Texas ranger type of music yeah, that we have yeah. out there and uh, stuck with it ever since. Never second guess. I'm like, you know what? This is it. I feel it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta stick with the girl that brought you there. You know, this is this is what got you to the dance. You gotta stick with that.
0: That's true. That's true. We've been dancing for this is now five seasons. Uh, last Saturday was four years since Morgan and I recorded our first episode. So it's been, it's been a hot minute. Now we've finally got a half decent baseball team. One that, well, Clayton Kershaw, uh, a personal favorite, uh, might be thinking about joining. You wrote this beautiful, beautiful feature about Clayton Kershaw, the Dallas native, the hometown kid. People don't know this, but Clayton Kershaw is from Dallas. Did, did did you know that, Mike? I've never in my life heard that. No, it's the first <laughs> time I learned it right in the story. <laughs> He's actually from Highland Park. And, um, you know, you know, he and Matthew Stafford, actually, they grew up together. You know, they played Whoa. football together. It's, it's so wild. No one Big ever talks true. about this. No, nobody has that.
1: ever talked about no. this before. No. Breaking Isn't news it? on the show, ND Magazine, all of those things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Happy to have all of these scoops for us. But this was a very in-depth feature. Clayton Kershaw is, is kind of a, not necessarily, I would, describe him as a reclusive guy, but just not necessarily the most like out there and, you know, on the town and in everybody's faces stuff. And this was, this was pretty in depth. And uh, I just want to know what your, your thoughts were talking to him and, you know, hearing about his life and about his career and, and everything you got into in this feature.
1: I think the biggest thing that stands out to me when you're around him is he is very straightforward. You know, he's and look, the caveat is you never really know these guys. You know, I, I don't know Clayton Kershaw. I'm not, you know, I know the guy that I've spent time with, and you know, I've met his wife and spent time with her, and talked to a lot of her friends. And I think I have a pretty good idea, but I don't totally know. But the thing that I'd heard going in was always, this dude is going to speak what's on his mind, and he is not going to sugarcoat much. He's going to tell you what he thinks, and not in, not in a jerky way. I think he's a, a very warm, approachable dude, especially when he's not playing baseball. I always find it really fascinating how one of the things he's honest about is just like you know, we talked about how anxious the game still makes him about, you know, when he started the all-star game in LA last year, I remember people asking him afterwards, like, how was it? And he said like, yeah, I actually had fun pitching while I was pitching tonight. Usually I just have fun afterwards when it's done, but like I actually had a good time, you know? So he's very open about how baseball can make him a little more intense than the normal dude that uh, is Clayton Kershaw away from the game. Uh, but being around him, you know, just him being pretty straightforward about what his life is like about, what retirement could look like about the Texas Rangers. It was really refreshing. You know, you, I felt like I was having a really authentic conversation with someone who, you know, by all accounts, just, I think enjoys playing baseball, but he's very much more of a husband and a father at this point and wants to help the community and just do a lot of things. And if he's pitching a few more years or maybe he's pitching one more year, he doesn't even know yet. Uh, then that's cool too. You know, that I think, I think you could afford yourself the the luxury of figuring out as you go, when you are, I don't know, the best pitcher of maybe the last 50 years, give or take.
0: <laughs> Basically. I mean, that's one of those things about him being intense on that, it reminds me of like what, that's what you really look for in an ace is like, that's something that I feel like sets them apart is just like on, like on game day, they're just like laser focused. Like I am a different person than I am off the mountain. I mean, and we've seen it yeah. with guys like Scherzer with DeGrom with uh, Verlander, like guys who are just like, Pretty affable and, and easy to, to get along with outside of their start day. But on their start day, do not talk. To, don't even look at him. Don't even get near him. I mean, quote, there's a quote about business. Th-
1: yeah. I mean, his, his best, his childhood best friend was telling me about how, especially before he had kids, right? When he, After he had kids, he mellowed out a bit. Before he had kids, it was don't even text him on game day. Don't do anything in his orbit on game day ever. Bad things happen if you try that. So yeah, he was the epitome of that dude.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's made him one of the best pitchers in the history of the game. I mean, he's got a 75.9 career baseball reference for us, looking up what he had, what he had done last year. And, you know, I mean, he had missed some time for the last couple of seasons. It's been a while since he's pitched 200 innings. It's actually been since 2015. But even the last couple of years when he has been pitching in kind of limited outings last year. He was absolutely fantastic. He was deserving of the all-star nod 126 innings, 137 strikeouts. And his advanced numbers are just absolutely unreal. I mean, I keep, I keep seeing him losing velocity and like, it doesn't matter. This guy is one of those brilliant pitchers who, I mean, the guys who have the elite stuff and can figure out how to pitch when the elite stuff isn't quite as, you know, jumping off the page. And that's one of the things that I, I think is really incredibly impressive about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, when he came in, what was the what was the stereotype of him? Right, power lefty, big fastball, huge hook. You know, that was his thing. The curveball. As he got older, the sliders really pitch now. Now he throws ninety one. He spams a bunch of sliders, but he knows how to locate. He knows how to pitch, uh, and it's it's nice when you know how to locate. You know how to pitch, and you're Martín Perez. But when you when you already had that shelf of what you could do in Clinton Kershaw, and your stuff was just all time great stuff. And you know how to pitch, uh, then you can get away with a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, on a per start basis, you are, you know, I mean, obviously the Rangers employ Jacob Graham, who is the king of the per start basis. But after that, Kershaw's right there in terms of, yeah, you're not going to get one, you're not going to get 170 anymore. Right? You're not going to get 150 a lot of the time anymore. But those 20 some odd starts, they're going to be damn good starts. And, La, I mean, I, I think more than they have in a couple of years, the Dodgers are going to need that from him this year. You know, I feel like the last couple, it was oh, and they still have Clayton Kershaw, they have Walker Buehler, and they have, uh, you know, Julio Urias, and you know, for a minute there, they had Scherzer, and oh, they have Clayton Kershaw. Well, now it's after Urias. I mean, Kershaw's their second best starter right now, so he's going to need to give them a lot, and he's still at that point where he's competitive enough to where that's what he wants. You know, he wants that pressure, he wants that smoke, so to speak, and he can still bring it.
0: He could definitely bring the smoke, even though the fire on his fastball isn't there. He's still bringing all that smoke. Coming up, we're going to look at what Clayton Kershaw could possibly look like in this Rangers rotation next year, what might be the competition with him in that, and why he might actually want to come back to Texas and play for a winning team that the Rangers have not been in quite a while. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduelcom on and sign up to claim your no. sweat sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Now Clayton Kershaw to the Texas Rangers have been a pipe dream in my mind for as long as Clayton Kershaw has been. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw. I mean, I
1: got I got somebody in my mentions yesterday when I just announced we were doing the cover, and he was just like, "Please don't talk about this anymore." I've been I've been hurt too many times. You know, <laughs> the last couple of
0: years it has really really heated up, especially when we've seen um, the the movement towards uh, this being actually a good competitive team with resources actually being put into it and a pretty competitive product on the field. And I feel like this year was, I I really allowed myself to hope just a little bit, especially after the Jacob DeGrom news was like, Oh no, Oh no. I think actually he might've actually signed before then. And I was like, okay. He signed fast. He signed
1: super fast this year. Now last year, the lockout year, he signed late. Right. And the reason for that was that he was, he was a lot more hurt than, than I think people realized Uh, more than I realized. I knew he had, you know, he didn't pitch in the playoffs that year. Uh, due to elbow concerns, this is 21 that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But he basically, I mean, everybody else, you know, your average MLB player is like, there's a lockout, this sucks, what are we doing? He loved the lockout because he wasn't healthy at all. And so he's, you know, it was probably until about March when he felt totally normal, but he was telling me about how his, I mean, if, if he was trying to wash his hair with his left arm or twisting a doorknob, that's his elbow was just killing him. And he was of the mindset where like, if I'm at all borderline, I'm not playing. So For him, he waited it out. And because the labor stoppage went into March, nobody knew, right? If this were a normal year and he's waiting it out and just saying, hey, maybe I'll be healthy, maybe I won't be, maybe I'm going to pitch, maybe to retire. It's a whole story because everybody else signs. He's the last guy out there. Everybody's wondering what Clayton Kershaw is going to do. But he had all this cloud cover. And so he was able to sign late last year. And how you know he's doing a lot better is he signed, he was one of the, I think he was maybe the first big time dude to sign this year. It was early November probably a couple of weeks after the world series, he got it done real fast. So yeah, he really took the, the air
0: out of my sails on that one pretty quickly. And I appreciate him for doing that. I mean, we, I mean, Jacob de is, is going to be pretty good. Yeah. A nice consolation prize. You know? I hear he's
1: decent. Yes. <laughs>
0: Just seeing him on the mound in a Rangers uniform was absolutely fantastic. But this Rangers, this Rangers staff has really improved vastly from a year ago. I mean, they, they went out and signed, well, technically they signed four pitchers. They re, I guess they re-signed one and actually signed three different starting pitchers. And they also traded for Jake Rizzi, which, I mean, who knows when we'll see him. Sure, yeah, Just yeah. Some- very nice six starter depth, but they have a lot of arms in their minor league system and Owen White and Jack Leiter and maybe eventually Kumar Rocker matriculates up there. Cole Dane Wynn. Dunning.
1: We know Dane Dunning could be a back end starter right now if they need him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having that depth and all
0: these guys on different one year, two year deals. And I'm really curious as to what you think the odds are on this. Like, I mean, is it like you know, if there's a spot? then they're going to sign Clayton Kershaw or just like if Clayton Kershaw wants to come here, we will figure out what happens after that because yes. it's Clayton Kershaw.
1: Yes, and a big part of that is also he... So the deal with him is that he, he we talk about this in the story, but uh, he's going to pitch for the Dodgers or he's going to pitch for the Rangers and that is it. He doesn't want to do anything else. And he also only wants to go year by year. And I've always wondered what it would look like if an athlete did this where that's what he's going to do. He's going to sign one-year deals. So if he goes to the Rangers and says, I want to be here, And we saw him take, I mean, he's making 20 this year to stay in LA. Verlander got 40 annually for the next two to go to New York, right? So he's pitching below market value. And that's fine by him because he just wants to basically fit his lifestyle at this point with competing and playing. So if he goes to the Rangers and he says, listen, you're not going to pay market rate for me. And it's one year. uh, And then we see what happens after that. Are they going to tell the best baseball player to ever come out of Dallas? Maybe the best Dallas athlete of all time. Highland Park's favorite son, are they going to tell him no because they have Martin Perez as their fifth starter? No, they're not. And That's assuming Martinez Perez is back, which we don't know. That's obviously a big open question. It doesn't matter who's there. That's the reality. We can sit here and we'll talk about why I think it's pretty likely that there's going to be room to get him or somebody else anyways. But if Clayton Kershaw tells you, one year, sign me, they will print money and it will be a done deal. Doesn't matter who else is here.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, I don't know about Andrew. If Andrew Heaney picks up that that second year option,
1: I'm an Andrew Heaney guy. I, think I am he's super too. Talented. But like, yeah, I mean, look. The reality is is that even if let's say Price comes back next year, you were talking about three guys that just signed in Ivaldi and Heaney, and of course in Jacob deGrob, not exactly the picture of health uh i'm a big john gray guy i think john gray if he's healthy is gonna be fantastic this year i would say john gray if he's healthy is the second best guy in this rotation i believe in him that much that's spicy If, if you look at him in june and july when he came back for those early dl slints before things got you know hurt again late in the summer when he was on he was cooking he was fantastic he's really good but again this is a guy who before he comes to texas and colorado what was the wrap at him? Well, we don't know how good he is, but we know he's going to make 30 starts a year. That was the John Gray promise. Well, he gets here, he and making the 30 starts. He, had, he was on the you know the DL three times last year. So there will be slots. You know there will be spots all year. I think Dane Dunning this year will make at least 15 starts because somebody's going to be on the DL at all times, and that's before the Martin Perez situation where nobody knows if he's back or not. So even organically, there will be room. You can sign a sixth starter with the current mix that they have. And that guy will get plenty of run because this is a group that is going to spend time on the injured list. I keep saying disabled list like it's 1994, (laughs) but they're going to spend time on the injured list. And there's a reason that I think Texas signed three of them because they know that. They are very smartly going, you know what? If we are going to have risk, don't run away from risk. Get more risk. That's been my position. Get more risk because they're not all going to be hurt at the same time and all likely. What will probably happen is there might be two of them hurt at the same time, but then the third one is ready to go and you're getting a really good pitcher. So if you bring in Clayton Kershaw, who by the way has needed DL, has needed IL stints the last several years, as Bryce pointed out, you're not expecting the 30 starts anyways. So one year, 20 some odd million, 20 starts of Clayton Kershaw, doesn't matter who else is here. They would do it if he wants to do it. And I think it is very much a deal where, you know, he he sort of framed in the in the, the situation of like, I think he knows that he's got the leverage to where he can kind of You know, not necessarily pick the team because they've got to come to an arrangement. But if Clayton Kershaw directs his people to call, call the Dodgers and say, Yes, I want to do one more year. Yeah, Mr. Dodger will get one more year. If Clayton Kershaw calls the Rangers and says, Guys, I really want to come home. Clayton Kershaw is going to come home. (laughs) I think he knows. He's got enough, you know, he's got enough skins to the wall and he's picked the two teams where he's got a ton of ingrained leverage that he can make this happen if he wants this to happen. It's just, will he want it to happen? And frankly, you'll read the story. They don't even know right now. I do believe that. I don't think he knows if he's going to pitch after this year. I definitely don't think he knows if he's going to pitch in LA or here. So this is really going to be a deal where we'll see what happens in, you know, eight ish months time.
0: Yeah. And I am very much looking forward to that decision and just watching him on the mound. Cause I mean, he's been a guy who, I mean, he's, he's one of those, like, if you're a neutral fan, just like I want to see every Clayton Kershaw start because that guy is freaking amazing. Same, especially in 2014 when the Rangers just everything went to crap and that was his MVP season. I just like flip on MLB TV. It's like, there we go. Vin Scully calling a Clayton Kershaw game like it does not get much better than that. But coming up, we're going to get into what it does get better than the season getting better than last year. Your expectations and the reason why we actually have some for this Texas Rangers team this year. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time, and I always thought I'd be a great Major League GM. Turns out, it's not really all that easy. If you had the same thought and you fantasize about managing your own franchise, go download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game lets you manage every strategic aspect of the franchise, play through seasons, leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build historic dynasty, just like Clayton Kershaw has been a part of with the Dodgers. If you want to go channel your inner Chris Young and go try and hire your equivalent of a Clayton Kershaw or a Jacob Grom or a Corey Seager, this is a challenging, realistic game world that you can go do that in. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable off line play on the go as you want and when you want to locked on rangers get listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store so make sure to check it out to download the game just go to probaseballgm.com scan the code or look it up in the app stores that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm start your dynasty today now Unlike my pro baseball GM dynasty, this team is actually <laughs> going to be good this year and has a much better GM at the helm than my own team on that game. But we are finally having some expectations for the Texas Rangers this year. And what about this team? What about this offseason has made you actually pleasantly optimistic for for this season? And
1: what does optimism for you look like? I think we'll do the second one first. I think optimism is they're in a race through this season and they're in the wild card hunt. You know, the the AL West is rough. Uh the Astros are the defending World Series champions. They, even without Justin Verlander, are going to be really good. Seattle's rotation is super deep. They have Dominican Mike Trout and Julio Rodriguez. They added Teoscar Hernandez, who's to me one of the most underrated middle of the order hitters in baseball. Uh Anaheim, and they will always be Anaheim because they pay their taxes in Orange County, guys. They're not Los Angeles. <laughs> Anaheim has the two best players, maybe on the planet. Still, you might have watched the World Baseball Classic. Uh, even if the infrastructure of that team is a disaster, they will not be. They will not be easy. So that's tough. You know, I think my optimism comes from two places. One is this rotation, right? Because as you pointed out, there is so much depth that even if people get hurt, and even if for the umpteenth year in a row the Rangers don't actually develop any of these young starters to do much. It still can't be that bad. It's going to be a pretty good rotation because that's what happens when you spend money. Like you're in a top five media market, wild concept, wild. Uh, wild. And the second aspect of this is the infield. Uh, Marcus Simeon after the first month and a half of the season was Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. I don't know how often you've gone over this in the show, but Corey Seager was the least lucky hitter in baseball last year. Yeah. Uh, there was no shift anymore. Uh, Corey Seager by rights. If you go look at Expos, but was the ninth best hitter in baseball last year. Now there's no shift. Uh, now he'll have more batting average of balls in play. I think Corey Seeger is going to be incredible this year, right? Incredible. Uh, you are talking, Bryce Patrick, to the charter member of the Nathaniel Lowe Appreciation Society. It has been the drum I have been banging. <laughs> For years and business price is wonderful. <laughs> man, for the Nathaniel appreciation. I Society. was on the
0: other side when they first traded for him and I have been banging that I am so dumb. I was so wrong drum for, for the
1: last Frankly, year and you a half. should have had me on last year for my victory lap because I Dithial should have, L- I should have. Here, take your victory take your victory uh, lap, man. I mean now look, like I don't think he was that good last year, right? I don't think this is a dude who's running a one forty WRC plus year after year. But uh he is, I think, pretty Clearly, you know we a top ten-ish, give or take. You know, first baseman. Maybe I'm being a little uncharitable. I'm talking offensively here. Defensively is a disaster. I frankly don't care a whole lot about first base defense. Uh, <laughs> if you're hitting, even in a defensive infield, that it seems a little questionable. And I'm putting that mildly. I don't care if you were hitting it as a first baseman, especially from the left side of that platoon split, especially with this team and its track record of developing first baseman post Rafael <sighs> Palmero, Basically, hey, you mean you mean
0: post Mitch Morwin? I will I will not have him disrespected. I have a uh, uh, outside of view, I have a signed Mitch Moreland baseball. on. Listen, Mitch.
1: Mitch did Yeoman's work, and Jamie Newberg did a lovely tribute to Mitch on D Magazine uh, a couple weeks ago. So, you mad know, respect for that. Yeah, so Mitch was Mitch was a solid piece, but Nathaniel Lowe is a lot more than a solid piece, right? Jonah Heim, horrible batting average luck uh, post August. If you look at Jonah Heim's BABIP, it's comically low. Like it was in the one hundreds. This is a guy who is not going to be an offensive force at the plate, but he's I think he could be a league average offensive catcher. and Combine that with a really good glove. You're they're also getting Mitch Garver back. Mitch Garver's healthy. Mitch Garver is a hell of a hitter from the right side as a catcher. Josh Young, I'm a little more skeptical than others are. I'm not. I, I know this is offending your Texas, wow. Texas, Texas wow. sensibilities. I know. <laughs> Look, I, I'm I don't think there's a world in which Josh Young isn't a solid major league player. I question a bit. You know, they comes back to the shoulder injury last year and it's all power, no plate discipline, which is a pretty far departure from what he had been through the minors. I wonder if we are going to be able to marry those two approaches or which one he shifts more toward, but either one leaves a little bit to be desired from a guy. But I've
0: seen, I've seen him do the best of both worlds since that kid was 19 in person. I, I, one of my few scouting wins was seeing him and Shay Langoliers in one of their first series in big 12 way as they were both freshmen. I'm like, both those guys are going to be big leaguers one day. And I think he's
1: definitely a big leader. Yeah. You know, and, and listen, all he has to be is a league average third baseman, and that's an upgrade of what they've had, right? So this is, this is a top three or four infield in baseball easily. So you mm-hmm. have that. You have the rotation. That, to me, is enough to deal with an outfield that, frankly, isn't very talented and a bullpen wow. that— Wow, the Adolis Garcia and Robbie Grossman shade here. I <laughs> not expect— you're talking to a man who did write a column that was the whole thrust for last year was I've given up trying to understand Adolis Garcia. Uh, And (laughs) I I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It has worked. Uh, I do think Adolis Garcia is probably on a really good team, your third best outfielder, or maybe even your fourth best outfielder as opposed to your best outfielder. He's a three and a half more player for the last two years. I know, but you know, like, look, this is, there's a lot of, and what it really is is just – it's extremes. It's a lot of highs and it's a lot of lows, and that's not my favorite archetype. I'm not a big fan of the non-plate-disciplined guys who are not steady hitters, even if the defense and right is great, even if the arm is obviously otherworldly. But I just – you can't consistently depend on him. There are stretches when he will carry the lineup, and there are stretches when he'll be gone for three weeks. And it's just I, – I don't love that in a world in which – I mean – Forget when Leone Tavares is coming back. I feel like so much of the discourse lately has been, well, Leone Tavares will be back soon. Uh, obli- obliques might not be that bad, which one, oblique injuries always linger. They Two, always are. Always, always. Two, are we sure Leone Tavares is that great?
0: I don't know. Offensively, no, but defensively, yes. And I Sure. Think, well, like, remember, like, Leonis Martin had a bunch of, like, three and a half, four war seasons as, like, a guy who was swinging basically a paper stick at the plate, and I think Leoti's a little bit better than that, but, like, he's also, like, every bit as good defensively as Leonis was, and I think that we, like because center field defense is so hard to like quantify and appreciate, like it's, it's really an underrated thing to have someone that is like at the top echelon of center field defenders. And that's, that's what Leody is. And that's what his entire value is, is based on.
1: Sure. And I do think there could be, you know, there could be growth of the bat, right? Keith law talked about it. It his you know, Keith law put him as one of his breakout guys this year. And Keith law's hit rate is pretty high on those. That being said, even if you buy that, this is a guy who could be a three plus one player. If you give him a full season's worth of plate appearances and we're, giving Adolis Garcia that, you know, that sort of respect in no small part, due to defensive value, at a certain point, you need someone in that outfield to hit, especially when Jonah Himes value, even if I believe in the bat more than other people might, Jonah Heims is never going to be a slugger or a catcher, you know, and this is, you know, you can't sit here and say, well, you know, a third of this lineup, as far as the middle infield and Nathaniel Lowe can really rake, it'll be fine. No, they need to find offensive contributors somewhere else. And I, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle. The fact that Robbie Grossman might play every day, and left field is sort of shocking to me because this is a guy who crushes lefties, not so much righties. Uh, so the outfield gives me some concern. The bullpen gives me all sorts of concern, but the difference is that there's a lot of upside with the bullpen. The bullpen's going to be fun as hell. You know, uh, Jamie Newberg and I did uh, a combo piece last week over at strong side, which is the name of our sports vertical at D. And we just, you know, we have these from time to time. It's a nice little baseball conversation. And I said, look, and I stand by this. I trust exactly one person in this bullpen right now, which is Brock Burke. I don't trust anybody else but Brock Burke right and now. And the
0: fact that you, like, if you had told us that, like, a year ago. Oh, I Like, know. what is going
1: on with this right? bullpen? <laughs> but, 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 a lot of times, and we've seen a lot of bad bullpens in this city, right? Yes. But a lot of times, bad bullpens are synonymous with boring bullpens. This bullpen is going to be really fun because you can sell me on... I don't know, as many as five other guys being really good. And I would bet before the end of the year, a couple of these guys will emerge, right? Like Taylor Hearn, once he shifted to the bullpen last year, those 40 innings, like, 40 innings, like pretty damn solid. Yep. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Taylor Hearn believer in that. I bet this is closer to who he is than he's not, but it's been 40 innings. He didn't look great in the rotation. You got to see it to believe it for a longer period. You could sell yourself on Jonathan Hernandez with the command post Tommy John. You could sell yourself on Joe Barlow when he comes back up with this new pitch that he has. Maybe I'm, I'm selling a point is that the possibilities exist. Jose Leclerc. Maybe people will talk themselves into Jose Leclerc for the 70th consecutive year. I don't know. I can't do that emotionally. He was, he was fine last year. Him and him and sure. were pretty good last year. Uh, listen, if you want to talk yourself into Jose Leclerc rock of the bullpen model <laughs> of stability, Bryce, this is your emotional health, not mine. Okay. You do you, uh, I'm
0: trying Cole, to make up for the, the many, many doubts that I had on him when I saw him so many times in Frisco. I was like, I don't get it. I don't get the deal with this guy. I don't get it. and then like he comes out and, and has those flashes Are like, okay. Well, all right, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe the scouts are a little bit smarter than me.
1: And all of that is before Cole Reagan's, who of course is the story of camp. And, you mm-hmm. know, it seems like the early indications are he'd come out of the bullpen again, which for I, I really want to see him in the big club soon, just because when was the last time you've seen a team with four lefties out of the pen? But that seems like that's gonna happen because <laughs> Will Smith is probably gonna be around. So uh yep. my point is that i bet by you know circle late summer they're gonna have two or three of these dudes who figure it out and it's gonna be really exciting the question is just gonna be which of these guys do that and how many games do you blow in april and may and early june would you figure out who you can trust and who you can't i don't know but i think that rotation's gonna be really good if they're healthy or just healthy most of the time that infield is really good uh they will at some point have the bullpen arms and the outfield, if nothing else right now is not worse than it was last year. And uh they have a ton of depth on that farm and they have to make trades. They're going to hit a 40 main roster crunch sooner or later. They have to they're do already, something. They're already there. They lost Mason Engler. That's a big, ba- that's a big loss. They probably could have kept him in lieu of some of their other choices, but yeah, they, yeah. They, the fact that they were forced into any sort of choice proves your point, right? So mm-hmm. they're going to do something before the deadline. You know, they've been quiet. They've been, loud in the winter and quiet in the summer. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case this year. If they're going to do something. They have all that prospect depth. So if you add that all together, do I think this is a world series ready team? Absolutely not. Do I think this is a team that will keep this interesting all year long? Yeah, I do. I, I do think that, and that's a hell of a lot better than what it's been the last several years.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. And honestly, like that's about where I am at this team. It's like, I am optimistic my expectations are maybe, maybe a little higher than reasonably they should be. But like, at the end of the day, like I just want a team with a winning record. I want a team that does not make me want to cry and scream and throw things because they're so terrible and boring. At the end of the year, if they make me want to do that, it'll be because they're losing games and they are you know in the midst of it. And I I can live with that because it's been so long since we've had that in Texas, right? Yeah, in, De- in Arlington.
1: No, for sure. And I, I think the the other thing that you want to see along the way is like at a certain point, I, I look. My whole philosophy has very much been they should have done an actual rebuild. Right. That's not what Ray Davis yeah. wants. So they're not going to do that. Okay, fine. I've always preached no half measures. And to their credit, they have spent a lot of money these last two years. But uh, it's not like they've sold off the entire farm. And I don't think you have to go full Dombrowski to win, you know, but they've kept a lot of these prospects around. If you're going to keep these prospects, and you're, they're probably to still keep a lot more than they trade in terms of their upper crust, because they just have the depth. They got to develop some of these guys at a certain point, you know, it's all well and good. when we sit here and say, look at the farm system. Look how exciting this is. They have not developed meaningful major league contributors in a long time. So it's Joey Gallo. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess, do you want to give them the win on Adolis Garcia or not? I don't know. Yes. But, yes, I do. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm, sure. the, I'm there, man. I'm there. Sure. Well, I mean, in terms of, <laughs> obviously he's a good player. He's a good piece. Do you give him credit for Give them credit for a 29 year old? succeeding. Was this their developmental thing or was this just, we're awful. We're going to let them play. And this was already in there. I don't know. That's, I, I give it, that's a I semantic give it, game.
0: I give it credit to the the hitting coaches. Cause I really believe in the hitting coaches. I think they did a, a good job of helping Nathaniel Lowe unlock that next level. I think they did a good job sure. of okay. adult, turning Adoles Garcia into what he is. And I, I think they also kind of helped flip that switch with Jonah Heim to make him be what he was in the first half. So I'm high on them. Um, I wish they could have done that with Willie Calhoun, but yeah, um, I think the Rangers already broken him long before
1: this hitting coaching staff got here. Yeah, that's its own conversation. <laughs> the, the point is it's they've got to get some developmental wins internally. You know, no team is going to do this entirely from the outside. Uh they've some of these guys, you know, for all of these pitchers that developed, even the Rangers, they have drafted so many arms, one or two of them have to be good in that rotation at yeah. some point. The odds dictate and the capital <laughs> dictates one or two of them is going to be good. You know, Josh Young, if Josh Young isn't a hitter, maybe Evan Carter is ideally both, but they've got to get some wins. It's, you know, it's nice that they rebuilt a barren system and are just teeming with depth, but it's only going to matter so much if you don't develop some of them for yourself on affordable cheap contracts, because even Ray Davis with the spending spree is going to have his limits
0: that he is. And uh this team might have their limits this year, but, I am very excited that they were unlimited in their checkbook the last couple of off seasons and maybe even next season to bring back old Clayton Kershaw back home to Dallas. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Where can the fine folks listening and watching on YouTube find you and all of your good work?
1: Well, so at Sports on Twitter, we are D Magazine. You go to D Magazine, you click the little sports tab. It's there. Uh, Cover of our April issue, Clayton Kershaw. We've been talking about it on newsstands on the 30th two days from now, or I guess one day, because this will be posted Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. tomorrow, go out to your local grocery store, go get it. Uh, Or better yet, if you subscribe, not only will you get the magazine in the mail, but you can get the minute you subscribe, if you're not already a subscriber, we'll get you a link to the PDF. You can read it online right away. So uh, go make that happen.
0: Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Y'all go check it out. Go buy your magazine, get your subscriptions, and go read about Dallas's greatest athlete who may just be coming home to texas we don't know yet but we will be excited to find out thank y'all so much for making locked on rangers your first listen every day for your second listen go check out locked on fantasy baseball win your league by listening to matt and dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies find locked on Fantasy baseball wherever you get your podcast and on youtube part of the locked on podcast network where it's your team every day thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing and for mike for joining me and until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball